Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and I'm in the bunker, sequestered and being <laughs> socially distant. Otherwise known as my edit suite and another day in paradise. Exactly. I'm joined with two guests tonight. First from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, Mr. Tom Chartrand. Hello, Art. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Don't be fooled by my sweatshirt that says City of Gnome. It's just where I wish I was right now. <laughs> they called and they want the t-shirt back. <laughs> I paid for it. And from Houston, Texas, Mr. John Sheeran. Hello, Art. Hello, Tom. Good to see both hey. of you. Thanks for joining me tonight. I wanted to talk about the COVID-19 situation and how it impacts work as states start to open up. I know Houston's about to open up and New York is talking about opening up and not quite ready to, but I figured with this panel of experts here, we could <laughs> come to some conclusions about what's going to happen in the next few months. Perfect. Well, I mean, looking at the way things are going right now, it's, it's you know, very slim on the, the world of local production, which I'm used to here. Um, right now we're in graduation season and some schools are doing, we just had one public school do this drive-by where they uh, did all these printed signs and people got to drive by the front of the school and enjoy signs printed for every graduating senior. Um, and I had I had one one school reach out that, that had 25 graduating seniors, private school, and they were gonna do um, a live stream internally and try to have teachers in different safe spots talk about all of their graduating seniors. And then they reached out and said, hey, could we do this safely at another time with all the teachers and sanitize equipment and sit down in an open area outside? And I came up with the idea of having, you know, one of those big tents outside and, um, bringing my equipment in, doing boom microphone, nobody close to anything, sanitize all the equipment and the seat. And we're going to interview 10 or 12 teachers to talk about 25 students. And they're going to stream that live during their graduation ceremony, all virtually. And that Excellent. I think keeps everybody safe as best as we can. And, uh, you know, again, gets a job going to local production and, 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 you know, keeps something happening in the community and gets people connected. In my day, Tom, a drive-by meant something completely different. <laughs> oh, it's all different today. <laughs> we were discussing, before the technical interruption, we were discussing the demand from the client side and the desire, perhaps, from the production community to get back to work. And uh, John, you were you were conversing before we uh, broke away that there's some concerns from the production community about safety. Well, what I've been seeing is um, uh, I monitor a, a number of different groups and websites uh, every day looking for different work opportunities in the Houston and South Texas area. And uh, before 
COVID-19, you could spend a couple hours on a computer and and look at 10 or 15 job opportunities within a 100-mile radius of where you were living. And uh, it was all very straightforward, you know, uh, you'd get uh, basic information about the shoot, basic information about the the uh, salaries, and uh, if you wanted to get more information, you would uh, send them an email or, or DM them. So when COVID-19 got entrenched, uh, all that just dried up once we went into a shelter-in-place scenario here in Texas. There were no jobs being offered on any of the websites uh, since production is not considered a essential component of the workplace. Now that we've we're coming out of lockdown in Texas at midnight tonight, the last three or four days we've started to see an uptick in upcom- upcoming prospective jobs with different uh, job offerings on those websites I referred to earlier, worded exactly the same way as they were prior to the COVID-19 lockdowns. In other words, people are putting jobs back out there and intending to do productions uh, with the same thought mentality as they had prior to the COVID lockdown. And what you normally would have seen six, eight weeks ago with a job posting on the internet would be within an hour of it being put up, 15 to 20 different responses from prospective freelancers vying for those jobs, either with their website information, their their CV information, or uh, a promise of a uh, an email being sent. And now what you're seeing is with an hour of that job want ad being put up, 30, 40, 50 freelancers coming on asking what safety precautions the producer is intending to provide for the crew on this particular job site, asking all the extremely pertinent questions. Where is it going to be? How many people are going to be involved? Will there be temperatures being taken prior to going on set? Are these technicians that are going to be on set certified that they've been in quarantine for the last 14 days? Do they show any signs at all? Are we going to be put in a small enough space that we can't be six feet from each other? Are we going to be working remotely? Even before anybody decides to send a CV or asks to be on the job, there's 30 or 40 questions about what the safety regulations this producer is intending to provide for his onset freelance personnel. So it is a completely different ball game out there. Tom, what is the what is the outlook in Massachusetts from your standpoint? I think uh, Governor Charlie Baker has been really on top of being aware of all the precautions that need to be taken. So from what I've seen, people are very cautious about that. Uh, we had a, a, a big project with the Iditarod recently, and we came back right in the middle of the, the crisis. And I had a client reach out to me who uh, one of their uh, holdings is a nursing home. And they said, are you open to doing production? And 
just getting acclimated to everything and seeing where things was, they wanted to do some internal messaging and messaging to family members from their management, uh, you know, about what was going on. So real quickly, I, I had to learn what was going on, CDC recommendations and things like that. And, um, you know, came up with some packages that would be, you know, distanced, uh, minor crew, uh, you know, cleanliness, sanitation, you know, sa sanitization oriented, and and then found out from other areas that people were interested in in what kind of production that could be done, but they were number one really nervous about even trying to sell production to companies that were either closed or working as restaurants with limited you know, uh, crew, limited hours, limited availability to do things. So, you know, they want to be able to market, they want to be able to get their messages out um, and they're scared to do so. And I think as long as people have a bit of an understanding that you're taking all the necessary precautions and willing to work with whatever their fears are, they're they're open to discussion. Um, that That doesn't mean that, you know, it's all going to work. It doesn't mean it's all, you know, uh, going to happen and it's not going to all be on the budget that things were at one time because we're in a new financial situation everywhere. Um, and I think it's, you know, uh, something that people need to just be open to the discussion and, and be understanding of all sides of it. But do you get a sense that there's demand? You do a lot of commercial work, correct? Yes. Right. A so lot of local you production. A lot of local production. So are you getting a sense that local merchants or local companies are wanting video production services from you? As far as the local side goes, no. I think people are hunkering down. They're dealing with having to have their doors shut. And at the moment, uh, Charlie Baker, our governor yesterday, had just uh, extended the stay-at-home order to the 18th of May. I think people are in a wait-and-see mode. And I get it. You know, I've got a few projects. I've got a couple of projects that were happening before this all went down, and I'm seeing those through. Uh, working on a few other local commercials, a couple car dealers, you know, our service departments are open. We're here for you. And, you know, that's great. They're essential. People need to be able to get around when they do. Um, but I don't get the impression that, number one, businesses are ready to look for production because they can't afford it. They have other worries. And number one, Three, they're just they don't want to do anything at the moment. And and one one other thing on that on that realm, a lot of the salespeople that I work with that are in ad sales, they are scared to ask for a sale. You know, I, I came up with a with a sales sheet, a very budget minded thing to do even 15 second commercials. Hey, the restaurant's open, we're doing takeout, we're here for you, call us, boom. And they're scared to even go to them and say, this is what it'll cost to go on. We can do it. I, I just think everyone is so tentative right now. And that that's what I see on the, on the local side. I know here in New York that everything is still pretty much locked down. They've talked about the potential easing of things in mm -hmm. the next week or so. But from my work vantage point, and most of my clients are corporate, not too much commercial work. But I've been putting out a fair amount of feelers for any type of work because there's nothing mm -hmm. really going on in my uh, business world. I don't get a sense that there's a lot of need for 
production services. There's companies that are looking to do, you know, messaging and we're doing those remotely with live streaming. But I've seen one posting on the freelance message boards on Facebook for New York um, that someone's looking to do a shoot and it didn't have anything, you know, relevant about safety, just, you know, kind of a normal, hey, we need a camera guy to come do a shoot here. And I think it's like most things in in life with the, the human factor. You have mm-hmm. some people who are looking at this corona, COVID-19 thing saying it's no big deal. It's being overblown and they're willing to take risks because they don't feel it's a danger to them. And I think mm-hmm. that exists in a production world and in the general population. And then you have people who are concerned about their safety and understand about the potential to spread disease and the unknowns of all these variables. And these two worlds will clash as things start to open up. And I think the people in the production side who are concerned about their safety probably are not looking to take jobs right away, especially if they're getting uh, unemployment assistance or things like that. There's not that maybe immediate pressure to take the first job that comes around. Whereas people who are thinking this is all overblown, they just want to get back to work, they don't care what their guidelines are, they're going to take whatever job comes around. There's going to be producers who are offering those jobs. Sure. So I think that you're going to have this weird time. And I don't know how long that time is going to last. Might be a month, might be four months, might be a year until there's a proven way to say, okay, we're going to be safe in a workspace. Because as you said, John, how are you going to maintain six feet in some of these production scenarios? Now, a lot of stuff that we do is on a golf course together, the stuff that we do. So that's not that hard to be six feet apart. But there are other jobs that we do where six feet is challenging. Mm-hmm. Well, how many people can be six feet apart in a golf cart? Well, you have to have more yeah. golf carts. And right. these are I these mean, are the things true. that have to be thought about. Right. So so each shoot is going to be its own brand new uh, work workaround and will have its own specifications unto itself. And what works on one shoot may not be applicable to another shoot. So I think producers are going to find themselves with much more pre-production these first few months than -hmm. they normally would have if they want to try to adhere to all the recommended regulations. But as you said, there are going to be um, a a good-sized group of people out there that are not too concerned about either getting sick or bringing the virus back into their living space at home. or uh, really concerned about uh, the welfare of other people that they come into contact with. So those, those most likely will be the first 
group of people to get back out into production. Now, you know, with this with this virus having anywhere between a four and 14 day growth rate, once you come in contact with it, and if you start showing symptoms, you know, starting middle of May, we'll start to see if these soft openings from what is it like 18 or 20 states today? Right. We'll see if that has any effect. You know, if for whatever reason, the curve, you know, we, we really haven't flattened the curve anywhere. We've come to plateaus at the top right. of the curve in most every place where the curve has stopped accelerating upwards. So we've we've not bottomed out the curve. We're not on the downside on the backside of the curve. We were at a plateau of a given number of cases every day and a given number of deaths every day. So at what point does everybody become desensitized to that and say, okay, that's the new reality. We're going to go out and take chances. Well, there's going to be a pretty significant part of the workforce that says, no, I'm not going out and take a chance. My life is worth more than that. My parents' lives are worth more than that. My family's lives are worth more than that. But there's going to be a significant part of the workforce that says, okay, we've got to pay the nut every month. We've got to pay our electricity. We've got to pay the rent. We've got to go back to work. Right. So, it, like you said, for the next six months to two years, until they find a, a reasonable medical treatment for it and a possible vaccine somewhere down the road, I'm not holding my breath for that. Right. That, that does not happen <clears throat> as quick as everybody hopes it will. But miracles do happen. You just never know what's around the corner medical, right. medically wise. So you're right. It, it is going to be, I don't want to say it's going to be a clash of the titans for the next six months. But there's going to be some very difficult hiring conversations between producers and their production staff over the next six months. And crewing and, up, and too. Exactly. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I meant between produ about yeah. production staff. So yeah. I wonder if it's going to be like, and not that I have any experience in this, but I have heard in the porno industry during the AIDS epidemic, you know, if you had a test that said you were free and clear, you could work. Right. And I wonder if we're going to get to a scenario like that where, okay, I've been tested. I've got antibodies. I'm willing to work. And I've got a test that says, you know. I'm clean. There's, right. been, there's been talk about a safety production card, a certification for I have the antibodies and I'm clean. But. They are still noting numbers of reinfections on people around right. the world who have already had the disease once. So again, this is, this is a brand new virus for everybody. They're learning more about it every day. Different ways that it is manifesting itself in, in the different ages of people in which it is infecting, there's there's a lot of different non-commonalities there. So even with right. asymptomatic people who have the disease, who have the antibodies, they're still capable of shedding the virus without knowing that they're even sick to begin with. So I really think until they come up with a good proven treatment, that we're not really going to be able to get back 
to normal. And we really won't get fully back to normal until it either dies out, it runs, it runs its course and becomes so diffuse because of the different variations it goes through as it, as it grows as, and it ages, that it finally just wears itself out, or until we come up with a very proven vaccine for it. But until then, you know, it's just that this, this thing is just so contagious and it's much more deadly than they originally predicting. Right. So th- there are no easy answers until they just have time, until the medical community has more time to figure this thing out. Right. That is very And the true. question is, will the economy sustain that amount of medical research time that's going to take? No so one it's, knows. it's, it's, it's a balancing no act does. between, you know, do you put your workforce back to, back to work and kill them? Or do you hold out as long as you can, keep your workforce away from each other as long as you can and give the medical community the time they need to come up with an answer? If I could pick and choose who could go back to work, maybe I would offer up some suggestions. Well, now, <laughs> now, now here's something that's going on. Now, I don't know if you guys have been reading much about Tyler Perry and his plans to go back to work. No. So Mm-mm. Tyler Perry, I, if, you, if you don't know who he is, is a, a fairly large mogul in Georgia who recently uh, built a huge studio complex on an yes. abandoned military base. So Tyler Perry, I don't want to say Tyler Perry, but Tyler Perry Studios came out with a detailed plan of going back to work about a week ago, and it was released through uh, a website called Mm Deadline.com. And his idea is to gear back up to go into production. You would take your prospective crew for any given production and bring them onto his property after what they consider is proper medical testing. So they take your temperature, you would uh, fill out forms about who you've been around and whether or not you've been around anybody that's gotten ill. You would come onto his property two weeks before the shoot even starts. So you would quarantine as a crew on property two weeks before the shoot starts. Then you would do the shoot for as long as it would take Staying on be, site, I bet. Oh, oh, yes. You would never leave the property mm. and no one would be allowed on the property for any reason until they were medically cleared. So it all sounds theoretically good and fine. But as we can see from what happened on the USS Roosevelt, keeping a bunch of people cooped up together, all it takes is one person, one person to slip by oh. that medical screening and you have a captive audience in which that virus takes hold. Right. And I bet so, that, that plan, that plan would probably work until a whole crew becomes infected and then they'll shut the whole thing down again. I, It'll be too I late. Would, I would think that at the very first inkling of a crew member being sick, whether it's a a cough or a temperature spike, I would think that every morning you'd go through a temperature regimen. You'd 
you'd have your temperature taken, you'd have a, a medical person. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we're talking about now with regular sets. Before you're even allowed on the set, you fill out a form talking about right. your, your past 14-day medical history, anybody you've been involved with. You have your temperature taken. Anybody that's above a certain normal temperature is not allowed on set. So now here's a producer that has a, let's just call it a 10-person crew, and they're coming into work, and two of his crew members don't pass the temperature check, and now he's missing a, a cameraman and a leading lady. How right. does the job even begin to start that day anyhow? It doesn't. And you can't it even doesn't. take the chance. You no, would have exactly. to shut down that whole crew just Of course in case. you would. Yeah. And right. you'd have to then quarantine that entire crew for 14 right. days. You right. couldn't send is, them back out into public. Which and so everyone's talking that, now that about. Idea is, that idea is So the, the, then the question from the crew side becomes, okay, you're bringing me on to your location for 14 days to quarantine. You're paying me for those 14 days because I'm losing work somewhere else. Now I get sick on the first day of a three-week shoot. Well, it's your shoot. You've quarantined me. You owe me three weeks of pay because I'm going home and I'm going to be sick for three weeks. <laughs> no, that's right? All, that's all good points. So, it is. So, so, so you've got this, you have this perspective liability between the crew member and the producer who then... His best friend is the insurance company because the insurance company is going to he's going to insure his right. his crew, his equipment with their million dollar liability, you know, insurance policies that they always have. Well, insurance companies aren't going to be insuring that anymore. So now a producer's not going to be able to go and hire a crew with that type of an insurance policy that he needs to cover the crew expenses if his crews get sick while he's working with them. I've so got a buddy in the insurance industry. I'm gonna ask him, he does entertainment insurance for the big production companies all over the country. We should bring him in at some point. Yeah, that's why you're, you're not gonna see any feature films being made for a very long time. Right. Because you're, you're not gonna bring a crew of 100 to 200 together anywhere, anytime soon. They'll all be animated features. It'll all be green screen, shot, small casts, one at a time up against the green screen and all be virtual backgrounds. Hmm. You can't now, you, you can't bring a hundred people together anymore. No, no not, right. not until there's a vaccine. Right. Exactly. Now I'm just curious, have you had the ability to be tested in in any way for either the virus or the antibody? And I'll direct that um, to either I'll, Tom or John. I have not. Tom, why don't you go? So I have in, not had in, that opportunity, no. So in Houston, Art, we have four separate state-approved testing sites set up. But the issue is that, well, and anybody can get tested there, whether you feel sick or not. If you just want to check to make sure you're okay, you can go and get tested. But we have a limited amount of tests available at each test site each day. And I don't know the exact number, but it's nowhere near the number needed to test the amount of people that wait in their cars all day long in the lines right. to get tested. There's so, not millions of tests? So until, <laughs> and, and, and those that are getting tested 
are waiting anywhere between four and eight days to get their results. Right. So testing is a really, really big issue in Texas, and I, I'm pretty sure it's a big issue nationwide. Everywhere. In the amount right. of tests you have available and the turnaround time for getting your results. So yeah. now, th and that is one of the, one of, not a sticking point, but one of the possibilities of going back to work is you have the five minute rapid tests available as part of the check-in procedure to get onto set. You get your temperature taken, you do a rapid test, you wait for 10 minutes, your temperature's fine, the rapid test says you're negative, you're now allowed onto set for that day. And you get that done every single day of the shoot as you come back to make sure that at least at the beginning of the day, you pass those two key marks. Right, and they're wow. even backing it up with FLIR cameras too, so they can look at body temperature, even to get a scan throughout the day, people that pass, you know. I've been looking, looking at a like. number of those websites that are starting to advertise FLIR cameras yeah. for for the workplace. And My uh, wife's I been using a FLIR camera on me just to see if I'm really dead or not. <laughs> <laughs> the tequila levels, the agave levels. Well, I will, I will say this, in New York, and I know in a couple of other states because I heard about it from our friend Lou. But in New York just recently, I was able to go to Quest Diagnostics and schedule an antibody test. I had to pay for it, $120. Right. It was about four days to get an appointment. And I'm going to go next week and I'm going to be tested. I don't know how long it takes to get the results. But that's the first time that I was able to get a test because in New York, at least, if you have no symptoms, you can't be tested, right? Unless you're a first responder or whatever, right? I do so, know our friend so, Lou. Go ahead. No, you go, Tom. Please. I was just going to say we were a week apart working in Las Vegas in January, and he got really sick at the end of January, and we were all convinced. God, you know, you must have had it. It was you know weeks, um, but he got a test Monday and has heard by today that it was negative. And so that's what he was able to work out. And I think it was maybe with Quest because they're real big here in Massachusetts, but four day turnaround and a negative test, good for him. Um, right. If you believe the results. Well, and you don't there's know. the issue, right. there's the issue. Where yeah. are these tests being made? Who's Wrong. doing, who's, even though it's a, even though it's a <laughs> Quest laboratory, is it a Quest laboratory? Because a lot of the laboratories are right up against their capacity and they're farming out the tests to other laboratories. Sure. So you don't know what the testing capabilities and certification are of all these other laboratories that have just sprung up all of a sudden to sure. handle all of these new testing. So again, it's, you know- I don't know if you can see behind me, I'm actually running a lab here in my office <laughs> just to bring in some extra income. It's not sanitized well, what, or sterile, but right. If it was I'm negative, it would be uh, it would be bright yellow. But if it's uh, positive, it's brown. Well, what you can do in your petri dish <laughs> is to start growing your own meat now. Since we might be going into a meat shortage, you can start growing your own meat in your laboratory now. <laughs> the impossible lab. Well, that's it, gentlemen. I'm gonna pour Arts myself. Angus. One last 
Oh, you can't fool us. There's no such thing as one last with you. I'll well, join with, you. With you on the camera, at least. Oh, okay. All right. I'll join I you. Know, I don't know if you can participate, John. I, I have my I have my evening vodka. All right. Gentlemen, a toast. Fight Cheers good to good fight. to health. Keep the sanity to health. And we'll hopefully see each other in person at some point when it's safe to do so. Very soon. That sounds very reasonable. Cheers. To you. Cheers. Cheers. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.